The Weekly Dish podcast is presented by Common Ground Minnesota. Food and farming conversations from Minnesota women in agriculture. Learn more at commongroundminnesota.com or follow them on Instagram at commongroundminn. Hey everybody, it's Steph March for Common Ground Minnesota. Listen, food brings out the passion in people, so let's talk about food together. Common Ground Minnesota is an online resource for you to do that, and it's 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 run by volunteer women farmers from Minnesota of all walks. We're talking big farms, small farms, we're talking dairy, we're talking produce. These women in agriculture are growing and raising the food that we all eat. We love to have a chat with them about what it, what it means to be sustainable, and what does it mean when they're using pesticides, and why are they doing it. All of this is available at Common Ground Minnesota website. It's commongroundminnesota.com. And then on that new website, you guys, there are videos, there's you know FAQs, there's topics, there's a great blog, all sorts of things, and recipes. And farm dogs, too, by the way. So there you go. Commongroundminnesota.com is your great resource for everything food and families and farms. Don't forget, check them out on Instagram at commongroundminn. everybody welcome to the weekly dish we've already started out bickering like the bickerson we're sisters bickering. we're having you we're, we're just discussing discussing this is what i say Actually, to I kurt when we're having anything. a fight you just like talked at me and i laughed i didn't even say a word do you realize that's that? probably true yeah it's the story of our life yeah. no um this is what happens with me and kurt i say something and he says stop yelling at me i'm like i'm not yelling i'm discussing <laughs> <laughs> i literally asked you a question you talked at me really intensely and then i giggled fine so there Maybe that's the argument. Fine. There it is. Um, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. good. I'm good. I feel like, I mean, I went out last night like a normal night. Like I sat in a bar, I drank beer, I ate food, I came home. It feels like last things night, yeah. are getting like more normal out there. Is that feeling that way to you in the yeah, whole no, world I'm, of food and drinks? Yeah, but it is normal. We've been doing this for a while. This isn't the first time you've done it. You've done that I mean, you know, I think, though, like I was at the 1029 and there was not one mask. There was not like any social distancing. And for the first time, maybe I just wasn't keenly aware of it either. And just like had a night and enjoyed myself. And I have had the third shot. So I think that's giving me a false sense of bulletproofness or maybe that's appropriate. I don't know. Yeah. Um, But it was just it felt like, oh, this is a Friday night in the Twin Cities. Yeah. And yeah, it felt fun. Yeah, no, felt I mean, good. I guess I'm I'm kind of almost done talking about like how it's new. It's not new anymore. Like we're exactly, you know what I mean? Like we're kind of I mean, there's things that you have to adjust, but I'm not like shocked by anything anymore. And I'm not, 
in a place where I'm like, oh, what's, you know, it's like, I have a mask in my pocket at all times. Or do you wear it when you go to the grocery store? Because I still I find I that don't. I do wear a mask there and I don't know why. Yeah, no, I do and I don't. If I'm, I, I mean, I'm very much, I haven't grocery shopped in like a month, honestly, <laughs> except for <laughs> like popping in and popping Crackers out. Crackers and butter. Yeah. And if I pop in and I pop out, I don't put it on. You know what I mean? But I was at Goodwill yesterday for costume shopping and I did put it on. And that was mostly because every single other person in there had it on. Yeah. And then I was like, eh, it's no sweat to me. And it's not like anyone asked me. I just felt like it was the right thing to do. Also, Goodwill can get a little bit like hot in there, you know? Yeah. It's a little stuffy feeling. And so I just was, I just, uh, so I put it on, but I don't like, I don't like, I always have one on me, but I haven't noticed anybody needing it, um, requiring it as you go in really not very many places. Although again, I've not, I mean, I've been like writing for the last two weeks. I came home from Iceland and then I like have been working really hard. So it's not, it's been a little bit different, but can we discuss your Halloween costume? What did you end up with? No, I can't yet. Okay. It's secret because I might change it and there's other things, but I did take the journey toward the nerdy, you know, which like I said, I don't know if I told you that Jake said it was like, that was my brand. The nerdy brand. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I was like, am I going to go like crazy sexy girl or like try to do a dramatic thing or should I do this? Sort of really funny, iconic, but like not many people are going to get it. Like, here's the deal with the Halloween costumes. I've often done the things that no one You're gets. You're right. And I feel You're like totally right. I'm always like, I always think like, this is going to be so great. And then I, and it's like, I have to explain it. I spend all night explaining who I am. Which makes it not great. Which makes it not great. But fun for you. But I still do it. So I'm hoping there's like three people who go, <laughs> hey, nice XXX, you know, like nice costume of blah. Okay. I it's going to be another one. I can already sense it. No, and this one I would say is is more mainstream than when I was like Sen from Spirited Away, the Miyazaki film. Yep. You know, I mean, I was Japanese anime and I was like, yep. do you get it? And then people were like, no. <laughs> nope. Although that crowd that I wore that one to, that one got it because it was Lori Bamer's birthday. And so it was, you know, she was, I, I made her a Totoro cake. So that worked out. Sure. So there. What are you going to be? You have a big party. Um, I am a terrible costume person. Mm. I many times just resort to none. Yeah. I do feel like because it's the weekly dish cookbook swap that day. Oh, and we're we've encouraged people to wear costumes that we need to dress up. Yeah. Um, so that's putting some pressure on. You could be a deviled egg. Just wear deviled horns and put a little egg thing on you. Like a little. I did oh, that one year. cute. A little cut out of an egg on your. Or like, yeah, you know. that's cute. Yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe I could be like Julia Child with a pair of, um, an apron and some white pearls. Sure. Um, yeah, I don't know what I'm going to be, okay. but I I'm am not now gonna... feeling more increased pressure. So thank you for that. You're welcome. I'm not going to be the gorilla because I think the gorilla oh, that's suit. that's too hot. Oh, I think the gorilla suit might've gone to Tacoma too. I'm not sure. Oh. I know. Um. Where, how are you going to do your gorilla drops at the holidays? Well, it'll come back with the holidays, I assume. Okay. You know? All right. But again, I don't know. Maybe I'm done with Gorilla Drops. I, you know what You're I mean? You're aging out. Yeah, maybe. I don't have an assistant. I'll have to find an... Lila's not big enough. <laughs> That's funny. Wait I till t- I recruit her for it. I was telling you earlier, I did a YZ little loop. I went and got a hydrofacial, yeah. which I would highly recommend, by the way, if you are a woman of a certain age with dry skin. Yeah. It was amazing. And then I was like in YZ, and I was like, oh, it's a beautiful day. I'm just going to walk around Main Street here and... Do a little shopping. I bought some stuff. It was real fun. I ran into some ladies that you knew, which was always, it's always entertaining. But I went by and had um, the chicken sandwich and the burger at Stock and Spade, which is the seal smiley plant-based 
place. Yes. Across from Crispin Green, which he also owns, which I love very much. And the fries were really good. Yeah. Really great fries. And the classic burger that I got was like fine. Yeah. It wasn't super awesome, but it wasn't terrible. It was almost like a better for you um, McDonald's burger kind of Mm -hmm. is how it felt and tasted, which again, not always a terrible thing. Sometimes you just want to smash that in your face. I found the chicken sandwich to be real weird. Did you? Yeah. And when you guys all interviewed or not interviewed, when you guys all went there for a media preview a while back, I remember that everybody really liked the chicken sandwich. That's why I got it. Right. And it just was, I don't know. You the, didn't find it to be awesome? No, but it, I got the spicy one, so it had a sauce on it all over. Yeah. And that sauce wasn't really doing it for me, so it was hard to discern if it was the chicken that was bugging me or the sauce. Well, and I would say that that's, to me, the the deal with plant-based foods. It's mostly about the sauce and the accoutrement. You know, it's yeah. like, it's going to be like that burger itself is not to me, it doesn't taste like no, anything. It didn't. But then it had really fresh tomatoes and fresh stuff. And it had, you know, I think it even had vegan cheese on it, which was fine. Yeah, I just got the plain, which was lettuce. No, it wasn't even lettuce. It was mayo, ketchup, and pickles. And oh, yeah. two pickles. Yeah, and it was like, for if if the sauce and the topping are good, but that's great. But if they're not, then you're sort of at a, you're at a losing spot. Uh, I did have somebody connect with me on Twitter who went there just randomly out there. And he was saying he that was the first time he tried it, and he liked it as much more than he liked actual regular chicken. Like he was like saying, "This is the thing that I, if I want, it's Mark." And he's like, "I'm still shocked. In no way am I vegetarian, much less vegan. My pellet grill and I have a very unhealthy, clingy relationship, but this was good. I can't believe I'm saying it, but the next time I want a chicken sandwich, he's ordering that one. Huh? I know. So that's the thing is, I don't know. It just is. I think." Whether it like sits with you or it doesn't sit with yeah, you, yeah, and that could be hits you in one way or another. I, uh, Allie uh, Kaplan from Shop Girls had a beet Reuben the other day. Oh, I love beet Reuben. And she and I were talking about it, and she's like, "This is having a moment." And I said, "I know." I yeah, because it it's the, at revival. Well, and it's I put it in the magazine for the one from the block because it's you know that's the same thing of like they had it was really good. I've I had ate that. It. Yeah, it was good. It's I, delicious. Where I was at Duke's on seven. Yeah, the same guys. And it was awesome. Yeah, they it was theirs, and I know Revival has one, and then there's another place that has one too. What do you think it is about beef? Red Cow has it. Yeah, that it's, subs good subs well for corned beef. Well, I think it's just I think first of all it's colored and so it kind of puts your brain in that same space. But I think if they've roasted them, you know, and they kind of get that that uh, softness that's not like that cold hard people think of beets and they think they're like beet they're salad like, yeah. like and they're like no but when you actually cook them you know they can do nice things and i don't know i just think it gives you sort of that i don't think of it as the funny thing is i don't think it was like a reuben like i didn't wasn't getting like corned beef notes or anything i just thought with the kraut and the cheese and the Maybe sauce that's the, the moral whole, of the story the whole thing what it's the moral of the story is what you just said it's the sauce and the stuff it and is. the things yeah and so that it but it, but the beat kind of came together with that perfectly because if it was just kraut cheese and stuff you'd be missing something yeah so i liked it too i thought it was yeah. great I think I mentioned that as a top two a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. All right. We've got a great show coming up and we are presented for, by our folks from Basil Hayden. Keep your eyes peeled to the Insta. I'm going to make some Basil Hayden punch Ooh. that I'm excited to make for Halloween mm-hmm. for a party. I've got some instant pot uh, updates. We're going to talk about some essential Minnesota foods, Iconic. the price of food, all of that when we come back on the weekly dish.
boy, that pink sure can sing an anthem, can't she? Like, every song she sings is like this compelling yeah. moment that she's having with you. It always evokes emotion. Have you heard the new Adele song? Uh, yes, I heard it the second it came out, which is not, I'm not Adele obsessed, but I happened to be online and they were like, the countdown was, I'm like, oh, there's a countdown. And I didn't realize it. And I was like, oh, I guess I'll sit here and listen to it. <laughs> I was like a happenstance Adele freak at the moment. It was good. I it like it. It was beautiful. I love her. She's so. Her face, uh, her everything in that video too. She was just. Which felt a lot like her other videos too. You know, there's a couple homage points, you know, to like, hello, and yeah, I just, I, I liked it. Entranced. I was in it. Entranced, I tell ya. Yeah. Okay, it's the big MEA weekend. Like, Crepes, yeah, it's MEA then. Uh, my sister, People don't know outside of it, don't know anything about that. Well, it is we kind of about, funny. Like, it's a national holiday. So MEA is when you have children in school and they do teacher, I'm going to put this in air quotes, teacher training. Oh, Sorry, teachers. I know that there probably is some teacher training, but it's become basically a four-day break and a national holiday. Um, so it is MEA weekend. I There's lots of fun things to do. There's pumpkin patches. I was at a pumpkin patch yesterday, and my friend picked up a pie pumpkin and said, where can I find that recipe that Stephanie does? So I was like, oh, we'll have to Google it and find it for you because it's the pumpkin dip it's stuffed with the pumpkin. cream. And yes. Yeah. Yeah, um, I think I, oh, I didn't put it on the Facebook last you week. You probably didn't. I sure didn't. I'll okay, do it. I'll do so it this week. Look for that. I'll put it up right now. Actually. I also interviewed the guys from R&R Cultivation, the mushroom folks. Yeah. That are making 11 different types of mushrooms in yeah. their warehouse. Mm-hmm. And it's just really like, apparently it's increased mushroom sales at some of these grocery stores 200%. Oh, great. People are like really trying it and doing different things. So I did put a recipe up for a pappardelle sage and mushroom dish that I made. Yeah, that's yummy. So there's that. Um, I am working on Instant Pot spaghetti and meatballs. How are you? I'm putting a recipe together for a segment that I'm doing, and there's a lot of tech involved. And so I wanted to chat with you about it. Why? Because when you're doing a recipe... First of all, you know, you want it to work, but you also then like I have to show the recipe, too. So I'm trying to think about like how it's all going to work. And when you have the instant pot, as you know, if it's a nine minute instant pot on manual, is it really 20 minutes from the time it takes to come up to temperature, the time it cooks and the time to cool down? So subjective. And then like meatballs. Well, I'm not the kind of person to really buy frozen meatballs. But a lot of these recipes say that the frozen meatballs work best. So then do I make meatballs and then brown them and freeze them? Do I make the meatballs and brown them in the Instant Pot and then build the sauce on top of that, which would be how I would normally do it in a Dutch oven? But then is it going to be too greasy? And is the recipe not going to work because you go from a dry noodle? Yeah. So then I was like, and would this same recipe work if I was doing it with a Beyond Meat Meatball? And can you freeze Beyond Meat meatballs? Because if it wasn't frozen, I don't think it would work. And Wait, you, you're trying to put frozen meatballs in your and cook them in this recipe that people do, where you, you make instant pot in the spaghetti. You make spaghetti in the instant pot with the dry noodles, and you found it online. Yeah, and okay. there's a million of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just and and you use the frozen meatball, and that makes sense to me in an instant pot because a fresh meatball I think would blow out right away with all that pressure. And you also wouldn't have any brown 
it would just be like the green oh, meat. Oh, if you put in just a raw meatball. Yes. I see what you're saying. Okay, I was like, if it's not frozen, I don't see why, but got it. And like, then the plant-based like meatballs, meat. you know, like, do they hold up the same as meat meatballs? So this is what I'm experimenting. So I've bought a million meatballs, a million things of sauce. Is your Beyond Meatballs are impossible, whatever that is? Is it is it already a meatball? or are you It's saying, already a meatball. So it's already pre-cooked? Yes. Okay, got it. But they're not I'm cooked. Just, I'm just, they're fresh. They're not cooked. You're no. saying no, they're not cooked. They're so just formed. It's just formed. the meat formed into a meatball shape. And then I froze it. And so I'm like, and then I was reading today and they were like, once the Beyond Meat is thawed, don't freeze again. But it's too late. I already did. So I have to test that to see. Are Why they do you want to consume something like that? I don't really actually want to eat that. I just, and it's not that I'm against eating a Beyond Meat meatball. I'm not. But... I, if I was going to make this, which I am, I'm going to use meat, but I wanted to see if it would get the same result from just if it's someone that wasn't eating meat. And I have two Instant Pots because my sister brought me hers. So I'm like, just going to make all this meatballs. And then I'm like, okay, and who's going to eat all this crap? Yeah. Yeah. So is this going in the book? Is that why you're doing this? Or are you just doing it for fun? I'm doing it for just a segment to figure oh. out how to do this. Because my sister and I, my sister Cubby is not the best cook. And she uses her Instant Pot, but she uses it for like three things. I'm like, but you have two kids at home and you're always like scrambling to put dinner on the table. Like this could be a real game changer for you if you could up your Instant Pot usage. Yeah. And so we started talking about what you would use the Instant Pot for. And I was like, I think you need to use it for spaghetti. Her kid loves spaghetti and meatballs. Uh-huh. I was like, you could use the Instant Pot for that. Okay. Like, well, have you ever done it? I was like, no, but I'll figure it out so that oh, I so can give you for her. Okay. something for her. So while I was researching all this, there's lots of things that happen in this particular dish that are fails in the Instant Pot. So you ready for that? Okay. Okay. And while I was researching that, I found something that I think is good for you. Okay. So first of all, what happens a lot when people are using their Instant Pot is you get the burn feature. Yes. And the reason that you get that is because of whatever is stuck to the bottom of the pot. Yes. So if you are browning meat and then you're making something in the Instant Pot, if you don't firmly use some sauce or some water or broth or whatever to scrape those brown bits off the bottom of the pan, yes, that's how you're getting the burn message. True. So a lot of people that are doing like spaghetti and meat sauce that cook their meat sauce and then layer, you know, their sauce and their noodles and then to close the pot, if they haven't deglazed the pot well enough, right. you get the burn. Yeah, you do. Another reason that you can get the burn is when you check the pot, you open it, and now you've released like some of the steam because you're checking on your food and then you reseal it. But at that point, that pressure cooker seal is kind of loose oh yeah no it's not the same at all so i never check on my food anytime but sometimes oh, here's what you happens. think it's done i see and what then you're it's saying. not okay. and then you try to like, reseal it right okay here's Got what it. happens if you are instant potting you need more than one seal i have three actually so if i open something and something's not all the way done yeah i swap out and get a new seal because that old seal that's already yep. warm is never going to reseal properly. Seal. Uh-uh. So then you redo it and it'll close and you can start it again. But then that's when you can get the burn error again because now stuff's not sealing right and it's just cooking on the bottom of the pot. Yeah. No, that's, so that's true. happened. Adding too much water can also be a problem. Adding too little water can also be a problem, but these aren't rocket science. Yeah, too much water. It's weird that people think that they they get panicky about it. You don't need 
you know, like when you're doing a, it's usually a cup. That's what you need in there. Right. Is a cup. Unless you're doing rice, which is going to absorb. You know, I do a cup of, of rice with a cup of water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's... But I mean, if you did two cups of rice, you would use two cups of water. Yes, yeah. exactly. Um, another mistake that people make, and I don't ever do this, but I know Stephanie Meyer does. Do you, when you're making like a roast, do you cut it into smaller chunks? I don't make roasts. And I haven't made a roast in there, I don't think. I've done it for, well, I think so. Yeah, so. You don't do that. No, more Instant Pot mistakes is that they make them too small. So we'll keep talking about this. Yeah, we we can talk about this after our next segment. All right, we'll be right back. Hello, Weekly Dishers. Spring has sprung, and that means the best-tasting wild-caught seafood is available from Sitka Salmon. You may have heard us talk about Sitka Salmon before on the show, and that's because we are huge fans. Sitka Salmon standards for quality are unrivaled in the industry because, you see, Sitka Salmon is a community-supported fishery. The fish they process for you to eat are caught by a collective of small boat fishermen, fisherwomen, and families. Some of these families have been fishing for multiple generations. And knowing the boat your fish comes from is not typical of most fish you buy. When you buy a Sitka salmon share, you're getting the freshest quality fish you can, and you can trace the fish back to its source. With your share, you're part of the Sitka family, and you get monthly fish shipments of salmon, lingcod, crab, tuna, halibut, and you get the freshest fish while it's in season. They even have recipes, but I've been steaming my cod in my Instant Pot. The fish is so delicious, you don't even need to do much to serve it other than cook it and eat it. So Weekly Dishers, here is how you get your $25 discount for the first month of a premium Sitka salmon share. Type SitkaSalmonShares.com backslash weekly dish and you save $25. So save $25 on your box. Again, type Sitka, S-I-T-K-A, SalmonShares.com backslash weekly dish and you save $25. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thanks for joining us today. Listen up. We have all noticed um, that there are higher prices in food and the supply chain issues. We've all, you know, we've had a lot of chatting about it and um, we've kind of, you know, I put an article out earlier a couple months ago about supply chain issues with restaurants, but I kind of wanted to, to have someone on who could help us understand maybe some of the bigger picture. So we were going to welcome to the show, Mr. Trent Taher. Do I say Taher or Taher? How do I say your last name? Taher. Taher. Everyone says Taher. It's the American way, but it's Taher is how we pronounce That's it. That's what I've always said, and then I was looking at it, and I was like, my Minnesota side wanted to say, oh, Trent Taher. Yeah. <laughs> Taher. Taher, all oh, the Taher, you know, that family. But Trent Taher, you know, they Taher Inc. is a food service management group. You know, they you guys do a lot of things with, um, I mean, you're sort of a, you you do like uh, cafeterias and hospitals and schools and all this kind of stuff. You're bigger than just you know, a restaurant. And that's why I wanted to have you on because we want to talk a little bit about what's going on in the food scene and kind of in a global picture. And I know you do that so well. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I do the purchasing for all of Taher and we're in 24 states, primarily in the K-12 space, which is really where it's taken the most in the pants. You, you see it in the restaurant space, or at least we, we're seeing it more as diners in the restaurant space. But this thing's happening uh, on all layers and impacting, uh, I think, all segments of food service. But, um, you know, it's really driven by labor shortages. So, so we used Alex Roberts' example. He's got fryer oil, chicken. The chicken in particular is really driven by labor shortages. And as you start to layer it through, like, the manufacturers into distributors, ultimately into operators like ourselves, which a restaurant would be, it's compounding uh, issues going all the way through. So the manufacturers are actually producing less because they have less people to produce. They're either producing less shifts or less lines on the shifts. So what's available on the, you know, from a supply perspective 
is less, then the distributors don't have the people to either move it through the warehouse or the truck drivers to move it, big turnover there. So then we have issues impacting operators where you start to see the products that you are getting are coming late or shorted, tons of shortages, tons of substitutions. And then the extreme cases, which we've seen a lot of here in Minnesota, they're getting calls saying, hey, guess what? I'm not servicing anymore because we don't have the people or the product to, to deliver food to you. And manufa- or excuse me, operators now, are, then they go to the retail space to start picking up products like Costco, Cisco, or excuse me, Costco and like Walmart and the grocery yeah. store, which is why you're seeing now when you go to the retail space, like deli meats and certain foods, you just, you can't even find them or the pricing is going up because the demand for that product is super high. And it's actually worse, way worse now than it was at the beginning of COVID, anytime that anybody's ever seen. Uh, and I could that would take 10 minutes just explaining why that's the case. So you're seeing so much shortage in supply just as a whole because manufacturers can't produce it. They don't have the people to produce, and it's been compounding for the last 18 months. Um, and the pace of this concept of product consolidation has been increasing over the last uh, – since school started. And yeah. for us, we think school starts in September, but August is when the southern states hit. So it's it's been a mess for, for well, a year and a half, but it's been getting way – worse in the last uh, two months, three months. Because the schools so added on to it, right. Can well, I ask if a you qu- have school, everybody's opening, the schools are reopening and they're pulling in, the, pulling in product. And manufacturers use the summertime, particularly for the school environment, they use the summer as their time to, to ramp up inventory. But that didn't happen because they didn't have the people. And like what we're, we, we watched two metrics, um, one called fill rates going into manufacturers and distributors. And then service rates going, service levels with main, uh, distributors going into operators, but the manufacturers, their fill rates are actually declining. They continue to decline because they don't have the people to produce. So that's actually getting worse right now, not better. Um, so, like, the tail hasn't even caught up with us yet because the manufacturers are actually producing less still. Um, so it's 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 a layered issue. Can I, <laughs> we haven't I have even a, seen the worst of yet. I want to <laughs> ask a question that... I cannot get answered. I've watched the PBS NewsHour. I've read about this subject in the New York Times. I'm listening to you. And Trent, you may or may not have some thoughts on this because it is, where did these workers go? Where are all the workers that, where have they gone? Like no one is really addressing is it women that are staying home because they didn't have childcare? Is it people that decided that they're going to switch? Like, or is it a combination of a lot of things? Because we, t- we heard about like all these people that were on the tax rolls and then we kicked them off in September and they were going to come back into the workforce. Well, no, there's like this whole segment of people that are gone, particularly in hospitality. And I don't understand where they went. So here's my answer to that, and I, I'm going to do my best to, to tell you, because the, there's multiple par- parts here. It's not just one bucket. So if you rewind back several months ago as, like, things started loosening up and people were going back to work, we really knew that uh, the working age moms or women in this particular case, less of them were coming back. And to your comments, Stephanie, that we, we kind of intuitively think, okay, it's more of them are staying at home to help with the child care. And, and, and that intuitively makes sense. And I believe the, the, the number is about 66% of working age women are actually participating in the workforce, So that, which is a, a really low number when you think about it. Yeah. So that's intuitively what we know. But we also now, and this, the, 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 this is all you can pull, all this from the Bureau of Labor Statistics. So they're ultimately pr- reporting that 66% of working age men 
are also, you know, only participating. So you have this equal portion of men versus and women of this working age not working, which is a problem. Now, when it comes to the guys, it's, you know, it, it's, it's hard to be like, okay, well, what the heck are they actually doing? Right. They're either not working or they're, if you're an entrepreneur for a second, that is representing that. So you, from, from the concept of working age people, you have a third of, of both males and females not active. So that's a huge issue. And particularly picking on the guys, like, what are we doing? I really don't know. I mean, I think that's a big question people don't really know the answer to. But the other part of your, you know, answer to your question, Stephanie, is like baby boomers, which we knew pre-COVID was going to be this large population of people exiting the workforce, that the pandemic is just expedited. Yes. So if you look at that generation, and again, you can reference this on the late, you know, Bureau of Labor Statistics, that group, they a lot of them just are like, we're not coming back to work. We don't need to. Um, and, and so that's really the combination. You have a bunch of working age people that are in their prime that are just not working. Um, and then you have uh, an entire generation of people that have been retiring at a faster rate than what we would have expected because of the pandemic. I never thought about them. Yeah. I mean, and there's there's so and actually I just wrote an article or just went online about I talked with a bunch of servers, you know, and bartenders who like, why didn't you why aren't you coming back? And for them, the idea is like, you know, most people do have, you know, an aging out of a service sort of industry. They as they ascend, you know, and their lives kind of change. They have kids. They move on. And I think the pandemic just highlight it was happened on mass when an industry stops. I mean, industry stopped even in like, you know, not just in the restaurants, but like trucking and everything else. And people had a moment that that doesn't happen ever in life because you're always on the wheel. And that moment it happened on mass that people said, well, what else could I do? Cause like, this isn't secure for me. And so then they rejiggered and some of them went into other things. Some started their own businesses, some, you know, got and finished a degree, you know, and I think that there's a piece of that, which a lot of people just, it just the fact that it happened all at once that it normally happens, but it just happened all at once. Yeah. That's interesting too. Yeah. So, but Trent, yeah, can Stephanie, you tell us what is the outlook? I mean, like, what are we looking for as we get into the holiday season? Are we, are we kind of oosgrayed or are we, you know, like, is it going to get any better and when? Well, so there's a timeline theory here and you'd have to layer it by segments of operations. So, I mean, retail and, and, you know, and, and the restaurant space is going to be, all of it's going to be ugly through the holidays. I think that's just the reality manufacturers where they are having the resources, they're producing more retail items and uh, prioritize with retail items because we're all about to, you know, go into our homes and cook for the holidays. They have better margins and it makes sense. The restaurant space, they'll do their best to keep up because that's a second in interest for them because they make pretty good margins on it. There are a lot of people that, you know, utilize these products. So, I mean, it's going to actually be pretty ugly through the holidays just in those two categories alone because we're all clamoring for the same stuff. Yeah. The school environment is going to be a, a crapshoot until next school year. It's I, I mean, I could spend a half hour talking about this. We've been doing town halls with our company about this. So it's, it's going to get um, better roughly February is what a lot of speculation is, particularly around like retail and restaurant space. Yeah. But the K-12 group is prioritize even lower so it's 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 going to be a while especially with all the product consolidation um you know products are in allocation i mean manufacturers they can't pay people triple the wages to come into work right no, now. no i know not, it's it's and it's cutthroat because everyone's fighting for the same people that are working right that's very true and there's something you know i mean i know that did you see the report that there was a school i think in south st paul that the parents had to come and work lunch because they yeah couldn't find and people they've to been serve. getting parents to like drive right. buses and yeah. 
Yeah, and Texas Roadhouse. One thing you are not reading or seeing anywhere in the news right now, and this is a huge issue, and this is why the this is kind of why I wanted to push on these ladies I showed you a picture of earlier, March. Yeah, is because the the school environment's going to get way worse, and like the dis- districts, entire districts have been getting cancellation letters saying we cannot service you. Not because you don't pay your bills or we don't like you. It's because you're just out. So in like South Dakota, I won't name company names. In South Dakota, there's a, a food distribution company. They sent cancellation letters to 32 districts. Uh, Minnesota, there's a company. I won't again. I won't name them, but there's a distribution company based out of Minnesota. They cut the entire southwest se- section of the state out. They're like, hey, we're not coming to you anymore. Oh my god. Um, but it's school districts that are actually getting more cancellation letters because in the end, they're not very profitable to distribution companies. So it's one of the first ones to go. So you don't hear about it, but entire school districts are getting cancellation letters, which means parents and people are running to grocery stores. That's what I was going to say. How do they do it? it. Yeah. School lunch. I guess you either go to a retail space or you don't eat. It's it's that simple. And that's why for us, like mission critical is always about feeding the kids and, In the end, complying or not, which really is it's a whole grain or not, we're feeding them something because 80% of these kids are only going to get that one meal a day. Or There's a lot of food insecurity, yeah. You know, that's sheer strength coming into play right there. Thank you so, so much, Trent, wow. for sharing this information with us because I think it's really good to know. And I think it's just, I mean, we talk a lot about, you know, feeling like, oh, the price of this is high, but we got to really look at the big picture. And that's why I wanted you to come on because I know you have that view. And so thank you again In for sharing that. In defense of operators, the price you're paying now or getting thrown at you now is nothing compared to what the manufacturers are dealing with. They're not actually putting it, passing it forward yeah. to the degree. So, March, thanks for having me. I appreciate the time. Anytime, Trent. We'll talk to you again soon. We'll have you back on. Hmm. Thanks. We'll be okay. right back. All right. Welcome back to The Weekly Dish. Just in case you've been listening to us for 13 years and you remember the days of when our children would call us yeah. during the radio show and be like, Mom, Mom. And we'd can be I like, hello. This? Can I do this? Yeah. Can I, can I have that snack? Like right. We are on the air. I just did get a call during the break from the 23-year-old child. And Stephanie, I put her on speakerphone. And Stephanie's like, maybe you should be listening to your mom's maybe radio show. Maybe you should be supporting show. us and listening. So kind of funny. Yeah. Um, 651-641-1071. We are at the Ask Stephanie portion of the show. If you want to call and weigh in on your thoughts about food prices or yeah, how you're going to be lined up with your Instant Pot and your Crock-Pot to make school lunch for the kids. Yeah. Feel free to give us a shout, 651-641-1071. And just so you know, I want to tell you, I did put, we are going to talk about iconic Minnesota foods. And on the Facebook page, I put up the question, um, what is your iconic food? Like, what do people say is totally representative of you that you are famous for among your friends and family? Oh. I said, Chanson might be the Mountain Dew Rolls. <laughs> <laughs> Smarch might be pumpkin dip. I yes. don't know, right? Like what's what are you famous for? And we've got a lot of great, oh, great answers. So come back. So I'll read them when we get to that part of the segment in the next hour. All right. So we do have a question that came in via the Facebook page for my talk, and it said it's from Callie. A question: I won a gift certificate to Williamson Nova from one hundred seven point one. I'm so excited. I can't decide what to get. And then she says we're mainly a seafood house. Mainly a seafood house. Yeah. Which- Damn. That's. That's I have that's squad goals for me, man. <laughs> Would you get the I was saying get an instant pot? Um sure. I guess if I'm going to Williams Sonoma, I want pretty things. You know what I mean? Like I can get an instant pot at Target. But like 
Uh, I would want pretty things. Like, they have beautiful stemware. Okay. They have beautiful, like, pots and things, you know? Like, how much was it? Did she say how much it was? hundred bucks. Huh? hundred bucks. Oh, yeah. Or, like, I might get, like, a like a high-tech thermometer. Like, something that you can... Okay. That you can't really... I guess I would splurge, is what I'm saying. Cuisinart Air Fryer, but I think they're two fifty, sure. so she's still got to shell out 150 bucks. I mean, there's Le Crusette you could buy, if you know. I mean, like, that was the thing, is it would make Le Crusette pretty, like, affordable, more affordable. Um, is that how you say that? Because I think you would know. Is it it's Crusette, Crusette or Crusette? But I say Le Crusette, too, because okay. I'm American. <laughs> Fine. Um, there's a there's a pizza oven bundle. Okay, we got Penny on the line who's got a question for us. $700, don't buy that. Okay. Hi, Penny, how are you? Hi, I'm good. I'm just real interested in the cookbook swap, and I've gone on your website, cannot see any links for tickets. Are they still available? Yes, yes. they are still available. The, what website are you going she's on? She's probably to? on my talk 107. Well, I'm on your 107.1, then I click on the shows, and I click on your show. All I'm seeing are the podcast links, so I've clicked on the last one's show link. Yes, friend. And Can you go? Do here's you have a, Facebook? Here's a trick. Um, There's a trick. Oh, It's a trick. The Weekly Dish has a Facebook page, Weekly Dish MN. And oh. we, are you not on Facebook? No. Well, I, I'm currently right now on your website for 107, so I have to go on the Facebook. You do, and here's why, and it's not great, but... The website is run by the radio station, and we basically run our Facebook page. So when we're talking about events or recipes, no one on the radio station website is really working on our show. <laughs> we're working on our show. Yeah. weekends. So all of our information when we share things are either at our Facebook page or sometimes uh, Stephanie will have things on her page yep. or I'll have things on my page. But Weekly Dish MN Facebook page is the go-to source for most of the links you're looking for. Perfect. And I'm sorry That's... that it's not easier, but it's just the way it goes. Yep. <laughs> well, thank you. Okay, Penny. And yes, there are tickets now. available yeah, for the cookbook plenty. swap. We are going to have a great day. It's going to be October 30th. It starts at 1 o'clock. It's going to be at Malcolm Yards. It's $15 a ticket. You get a little drinky. You get a few snacks. And you can eat at the market on your own dime, but you should because it's awesome. And we're going to swap cookbooks. You can dress up if you want to. You can bring a recipe card and put it in the fishbowl. It's going to be an awesome day. Okay, next person is... Gail, someone. Grill. Gail. It's Gail. Gail. Hi, Gail. How you doing? Good. I have a question for you. I've been researching because I've been taking my grandchildren for years to Macy's, uh, Lakeshore Grill, to see uh, Mrs. Claus and Santa yes. Claus. And they absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. And my granddaughter is so sad that the restaurant is now closed, and what are we going to do? Yeah. Do you have any, do you know many restaurants? Do you know, have what did, any suggestions? Are you looking for like a Santa experience? Santa, yeah, talking to Santa. She liked the breakfast, which is unusual. Uh, the face painting, I mean, you're just interfacing with both uh, Santa and Mrs. Claus. Uh, a couple of ideas. One would be to go to the Santa experience at the Mall of America. Now, this is where you're going to sit on Santa's lap and get your pictures, and they've got other things that you can experience while you're there. But they do have, obviously, a lot of restaurants that you'd be able to participate in at the mall. Um, Another new thing that is happening is Santa's North Pole experience. 
And this is something that's going to be new this year and happening in Excel. In, no, it's the Northern Express. Thank you, Northern Express um, and Excelsior. And it's okay. it's called it's there's going to be like a little Excelsior Village. This Northern Express, they're going to have a pancake thing with Santa, um, that kind of stuff. It's it's just thenorthernexpress.org. You can go there, and okay. it's happening in December. There's Elf and Character Breakfasts at 10 a.m. Um, and it's, it's going to be ticketing fun. Page. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I think I'm judging a baking contest for it or something. Okay. Okay. That's about, yeah, most Great. of the things that we're still trying to find, I mean, like, people are just starting to, like, release their holiday stuff. So there is the glow that's happening out at the state fairgrounds, too, that will be a walkthrough a light walk experience. Through. And there'll be, like, Santa things. It'll be at night, but there'll be, like, state fair vendors and all that kind Selfie of stuff stations. there, too. Yep. Okay. Okay. Thanks so much. You bet. Thank you. Uh, let's see. We have Natalie. Hi. Hi. Um, I've, I've got a question for you about Advent calendars. Yes. Um, so I've been hoping to get my husband uh, a Scotch Advent calendar for oh. the last couple of years. There's a really nice one, but it's, I think, based out of the U.K., and I found yes. out last year you can't um, ship. You can't That's ship right. it. Yep. To Minnesota. So I'm wondering if you guys know of anything local um, or even just within the continental U.S. <laughs> where I could get something kind of like that. Yeah. Total Wine has them. Okay. And there's different spirits. And I don't know if they have a specific one to whiskey. There's a company called CaskCartel.com. That's an online company, and they do have a Scotch whiskey one. It's not cheap. It's but like, can they ship here to Minnesota? Because I don't think you can ship into Minnesota. I think if you go to Total Wine, you can get one, but I don't think you okay. can ship it in. Hmm. That changed a couple of years ago. Okay. So I just want to make sure. But if you can get one at Total Wine, then that's your best bet. And also, find go to at Certix, uh, dot on Twitter. I don't know if you're on Twitter or on Facebook. I'm sure they have one. Okay, I will, um, Certix and Total Wine, I will. Yeah, and you can even call them and just say, what are they getting? Because they do a lot of, like, monogrammed bottles and all kinds of events during the holidays. I think a lot of people are doing this wine adventure calendar. They're calling it wine adventure calendar. And that's at Costco, apparently, for 99 bucks. Um, But that, so I would say that whatever you do, you're probably going to have to call and find out if they have it on site. Okay, perfect. I will do that. Thanks, you guys. Okay, so right hopefully that gives some good ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. The Junior League of Minneapolis is also having breakfast with Santa, which I oh, did not know, and great. a listener let us know that, so that's awesome. Thank yeah. you. Oh, Aldi has a wine and beer. I don't Does Aldi sell? Not here, it doesn't. Um, they do in some some stores. In in Minnesota? Yes. I don't know if I've ever seen one that has it, but Aldi is has uh boozy calendars if they do have a if they have one. They have one up in um Cloquet or Virginia, I think. <laughs> well, well I'm not driving to Cloquet yeah, or Virginia true. for that, but yeah, I did hear that they had some and I was just looking and I just wasn't sure if we have them here. It's weird. It's I don't know why that happened, that changed because I got some sent to me. Yeah. And then it stopped. We have a top two in hour two coming up for you in the second hour of Weekly Dish. Stay tuned.